Like a lot of people, over the last few years I've started to accumulate a lot of portable speakers. I've got some blue thing, a grey one, and one or two others, and while they look different, they all have one thing in common. I start using it, things are going okay, but then the connection starts to get a bit spotty, the battery runs down quickly, and I'm frustrated and I start looking around to buy a new one, a reliable one. Finally, I think I've found one that will end that frustration. Because thanks to Sonos, I've been using their wireless streaming smart speaker and it is awesome. Cool design, lightweight and portable. So when I move around my house from room to room or even when I go outside and wash the car, I take my Sonos with me. It's so easy to set up and charge and has a long battery life, which is so important. It means I can rock out all day without having to worry about recharging, which right now, considering how much time I'm spending at home, is great. Sonos works with all your streaming services and control is simple with the Sonos app. Apple AirPlay 2 or your voice using Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant while on Wi-Fi. You can also stream thousands of stations including live radio from around the world and original programming free from Sonos Radio through the app. So go to Sonos.com, S-O-N-O-S.com to learn more and get your Sonos move today. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, September 18th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us live, as always, Taz Mellis. Shana <laughs> What's up, Taz? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey hey the international man of mystery, taking it to the Max Lielis. Friends. Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Thanks for joining us. Shout out to everyone joining us right now live on YouTube. Thank you so much for swinging by and or all of you listening, watching to the podcast a little bit later in the day. We got love for you as well. Keep your questions and your comments coming for Beach Step and email them in. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. It is Friday. I know, what does that even mean anymore? But it is Friday, guys. we got a little up-down report on today's podcast. And we got a very fun sort of follow-up tweet of the night, I guess, so to speak, from Trey Kirby. But first, we start with the game. Another great one. But the Miami Heat pulled off another comeback to beat the Celtics. 106-101. They take the 2-0 lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. Tass, it's over. Heat are going to the NBA Finals, man. So it's a wrap, right? <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I'm absolutely not going to say that. Even though I did pick the Miami Heat, the Celtics are not far off. We had two really, really close games down the wire. And we know that, uh, as it was apparent in this game, the Celtics look like they could blow out the Heat. Only one team can blow out the other. I don't think the Heat can blow out the Celtics whatsoever. So I think uh, going forward, we could get a blowout win from the Celtics. Could be an easy one. Then they could... You know they could get just you know get one in the in the last minute or two, but I think that's where the games are going to come to um, most often. Even though this was a 17 point lead, and it sure looked like the Celtics were going to bounce back from that game one mm-hmm. with the way the Heat were playing, not getting much from their big players in the first half whatsoever, and then the third quarter was Ooh. where this thing turned. Uh, it was wild to watch because Bam Adebayo wasn't um, a factor in the first half. Then Eric Spolstra said. Let's get some dunks for this dude. And they're overplaying the pass on the alley-oops. Alley-oop after alley-oop after alley-oop. And then on the other end, everybody talking about the zone. We've seen Boston go cold for stretches. And that's what happens sometimes with this jump shooting team. They just shoot up from the outside and zones 
can encourage you to do that. And uh, they stop moving the ball, and then all of a sudden we're down to the wire again, just like game one, which, again, isn't surprising. But we've got uh, down the stretch thinking, you know, the Celtics have the ability here with all these guys that can score. Uh, Jason Tatum was doing it in game one a little bit, um, and Kemba's finally had it going. So maybe the Celtics can do it here, but what it came down to was he'd hit shots. Celtics absolutely did not, and they turned it over. Kemba Walker turned it over, or I'm sorry, Big miss three, 230 left, clank, it was wide open. Uh, then Jalen Brown, wide open three to tie it after Jimmy Butler turned it over. 20 seconds left to tie this thing wide open. He had hit two threes in a row mm-hmm. and then clank. And uh, the other end, Jimmy Butler, two big turnovers and Goran Dragic, uh, two big turnovers that he created, I should say, Jimmy Butler with the steals. And then uh, Goran Dragic with the three. These are Those two guys, got to just talk about them. They're pulling the two long cons of the season right here. First, Goran Dragic doesn't start all year long and now is their best offensive player here in the conference finals. 29 and then 25 in the first two games. The Heat, are they pulling a long con or or what is going on? Probably Kendrick Nunn contracted COVID. Dragic, (laughs) Dragic goes into the starting lineup and he's playing the best he's ever played in the NBA. Or the second long con, Jimmy Butler talks about being the guy and taking all the shots at the end and we're all waiting for Jimmy Butler to shoot and he's not shooting anymore. Everybody else is getting the shots and so you kind of focus on Jimmy. He gets into the lane. He's making the right passes uh, and he's creating turnovers but he doesn't even look right in terms of shooting the ball. Uh, He's just doing it in other ways. So this team... It just feels like is the best team in the ball. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but they're the closest thing mm. to the 2004 Pistons that we've ever had. No surefire Hall of Famers, uh, but everybody doing it. And in this game where Jimmy Butler hit four field goals, uh, they had so many other guys performing. Without those other guys, uh, you know, we're all just railing on Jimmy Butler going four of eleven. Uh, but the other guys up and down the roster were the ones who really got it done. Yeah, crazy, crazy third quarter, Trey, where Tass, you know, really broke it down. Offensively, pick and roll action. Let's get bam, dunk after dunk after dunk, see if the Celtics can ever figure it out. They never really did. And then on the other end, let's go to the 2-3 zone. Let's have Jimmy at the top, either with a Derek Jones Jr. or a Crowder. Pressure, pressure, pressure. And uh, the Celtics didn't have an answer for that either. I mean, that was a game changer this quarter. They could only even, they only took like two threes in the third quarter. Think about an NBA game in 2020 where a team with a bunch of shooters, like Tass said, only really took two threes in that third quarter. They took a third if you count Kemba's, you know, end of the quarter heave, but let's not. That's crazy. That is just wild to see what you see in like, I remember high school games where a better team was like throwing zone at us and we're freaking out. Mr. Nye's going, get it into the middle. You got to get it to the nail because then you got an advantage. Get it to the corners. That's where the action can be. But they weren't doing that. This is an NBA team. It looked like they were a little confused. And it's funny because the Heat did a lot of zone all regular season. You talked about the con there, Tass. Didn't do it in the first round. Didn't do it in the second round. They busted out here in game two. But that third quarter, Trey, I mean, what was more impressive? What they were doing offensively to them or what the Heat were doing defensively with the zone? All of it. Apparently, Eric Spolstra at halftime said, I need all defensive BAM uh, to BAM out of bio. That's the NBA coach version of saying, I need a 12-inch from DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins. BAM came out, he gave you a 12-inch in the third quarter. The guy was incredible. Like you're saying, he dunked basically every single possession. <laughs> oh it goodness. started the first possession, and it didn't end until the fourth quarter. He was just dunking all the time. And uh, the zone the zone was crazy. It was crazy to see the Celtics so discombobulated by it. Having seen it a little bit, in game one, having seen 
various zones against the Raptors yeah. in their previous series. But like you're saying, they just couldn't get organized. They couldn't figure out how to break things down. There was a like a minute stretch where it seemed like Daniel Tice got hit in the face and Kemba Walker got hit in the face. And as soon as that happened, the Celtics really had no idea what to do because the size of the heat is really giving them a problem to try and get the ball inside. You would see it so many times where it felt like maybe Jalen Brown had the ball around the free throw line or Marcus Smart, Smart but then yep. Jay Crowder's right behind him. Jimmy Butler's on the other side of him and Bam is facing him face to face. And you're like, that's a lot of arms. That's a lot yeah. of active hands right there uh, trying to strip the ball away. And the Celtics looked like they had no clue. So the Heat basically rode the hot hand of defense. Is that a thing? Hot hand theory <laughs> on defense? Like it probably wasn't the game plan, right? To come out and play a 2-3 zone for the entire second half of the game. But when it's working like that, just keep going to it until they figure it out. The Celtics never figured it out. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's yeah, it's a weird third quarter, right? Because they're down huge, the Heat are. Then they're up big. And then the Celtics do make a run in the fourth, and it's suddenly a close game, and then we get into Jimmy and Dragic time. But what did you think, Lee, of, uh, first off, what you saw in game two, and then moving forward, the Celtics, you got to assume that Eric Spolster and the Heat are going to go back to that at some point here in game three. The zone defense, what they're doing offensively with the high pick and roll. It's a little to the side there with Bam rolling, sometimes just slipping it. What do, what do the Celtics do here with Brad Stevens and moving forward, maybe even changing players? Yeah, well, I think offensively, the Celtics are going to have to be ready for that zone and be like, listen, just got to move that ball around and find those shooters because they can shoot threes. And you saw, I think their focus last night was get Kemba Walker going early. Uh, and he certainly had his best game of the series and best game in a while in the playoffs mm-hmm. there. So you need those those guys shooting threes because then it just puts the Celtics in the position where they're in there that first half, scoring easily, getting whatever they want. And then, I mean, it's a close game. Again, it's only a, a five, what was it, five points in the end. The game one was three points. So the Celtics are right there. They don't need to change things around too much. But I think defensively, if I'm the Miami Heat, I just run so much more pick and roll with Bam Adebayo because mm. Tice is not athletic enough and Ennis Cantor is just not good enough out there. Now, Cantor gave them some good offensive minutes last night, but defensively, Bam was like, okay, this is great. He really can't do anything to me out here. And uh, <laughs> This is you know, great. Yeah, well, I mean, Ty, you know, Tice is a guy who works hard and tries yeah. his best. Um, and, I don't and he, even think it's Tice's fault, though. No, I mean, no, no. They're and, playing and, the pick and roll. The help has to come from yeah. the guy that's, you know, out on, unfortunately, he's trying to stick to a Duncan Robinson in the corner, another shooter in the corner. Yeah. And you, you got to help, though. I mean, when Bam just keeps rolling to the rim for alley-oop after alley-oop, yeah, you got to leave your guy and come give support. And he was kind of calling out his teammates, uh, you know, in, in his in his demonstrations there last night because he's like, well, if I'm rolling with a guy with a ball, someone has yeah. to come over and stop Bam he's out not of here. Yeah. Um, uh, but but again, that's that's something that I, I wondered why the Heat didn't run a little bit more of that in the first half because I think that they have got a great advantage. Bam's great at setting those picks. And then it's like, you know, like I've said earlier, um, the, the similarity there between Dwight Howard is you can just throw that ball yeah. up in the sky and he can go and get it. There was a pass, I think it was from Dragic yesterday, where it looked like, or it might have been Tyler Hero, it was a pass that seemed far too high, but Bam got up there and caught it and threw it down. So Was that uh, the thrunk one that he sort of yeah. almost didn't even dunk it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it looked like it was almost going over the backboard, but he caught it. So that that's something that the Heat have an advantage. But again, the Celtics uh, shouldn't be sort of too down on themselves. I mean, they've been in both games. It's come down to sort of that late game execution. And Jimmy Butler, you guys have already mentioned there, I mean, creating those steals, oh. you know, creating those turnovers and then going finishing it off. I mean, his stat line was very, very mediocre in terms of what you expect from a star, but his actual plays when they counted were huge. And that's what he, that's what Jimmy Butler's all about. But it is, it is interesting, though, why he is hesitating to shoot sometimes. 
That's what yeah, I'm, he's not feeling. It. He's not yeah. feeling it offensively and, like, and in terms of shooting. He's just yeah, not feeling it. There's a couple of times where he's sort of dribbling. You're like, okay, there's a shot, and he kind of picks up his dribble, and it's like that's very unusual for him because it's like this is the sort of moment where he likes to really put his stamp on the game. Uh, now it worked. It's fine. It doesn't matter. And and he's not a selfish guy in that sense. But it's just a little surprising that he hasn't done that uh, a couple of times now. But but overall, the Heat they'll take these two wins. Uh, oh, but they yeah. certainly <laughs> they certainly won't think the series is over, and and nor should they, because as we've seen in the bubble, you know, no home court advantage. Teams have come back from from deficits before. We saw the Raptors come back. Of course, the Nuggets have done it a couple of times. So it's not over. Uh, the Celtics just need to clean things up a little bit at the end of the game. But uh, again, if you're the Heat, I, I would sort of tap into that Bam at a bio mismatch. I think sure. a little bit more. Yeah, and you and we'll see what Brad Stevens does. I mean, there's a talk of maybe Grant Williams gets a little more burn because he can help in that regard uh, with this side pick and roll again that they're running that time after time after time there in the second half. We'll see what he does. I mean, Gordon Hayward, of course, I think helps even to break a zone. Um, he's probably he would be huge. He's, yeah, uh, he's, I thought that was such a major thing was not having a guy who's like six foot seven, six foot eight to actually catch the ball, be able to dribble it and pass it. Like Jalen yes. Brown, he's a great athlete. He's great hitting the the glass, maybe hitting a corner three, but. He's not a creator. He's not going to be the guy making plays for you at the at the free throw line. Marcus I don't even Smart. think Tatum is really. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Tatum is not necessarily a passer playmaker. as well. Yeah. Playmaking is uh, something he's working on right now. Marcus Smart, pretty good playmaker, but like we said earlier, he's small. A six eight guy who can handle the ball and find dudes in the corner, maybe hit a little floater. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they kind of they kind of just. Uh, felt like they were going to win this game, right? Uh, yeah, like they gave up 37 points in a quarter. Uh, if but they always play- do that in the third quarter, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the Celtics' but, MO. I, yeah, but that, I mean, a 20-point difference is, yeah, they, they definitely, they knew the zone was coming at some point. They saw it in game one. Uh, they saw it, like, like Trey said, uh, in, in the series prior against the Raps. I was just tough to watch at times. Uh, and, and Brad Stevens, uh, as Jeff Van Gundy pointed out on the broadcast, when he was interviewed at the end of the third quarter, I mean, there wasn't much emotion, but he was seething inside. That's Brad Seethens. <laughs> Internal seething. Screaming, yeah. yeah, that's Brad Seethens. Uh, and he was mad. Yeah, just because his team uh, wasn't ready. And, and I know, uh, yeah, Bam Adebayo is the, the, the more athletic center in this series. But Daniel Tice has the ability to, to move out there. Like there was, they just weren't, they just weren't ready in this game. Uh, or, I'm sorry, in that third quarter, really, to uh, to play with the big boys. It was just it was that was weird to see. And then and then they went to the hot hand in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, they went to Jalen Brown, who was hot. Uh, they went to Kemba Walker, who came out in that on that first possession of the game. He had Bam Adebayo switched on him, and he said, "Screw this!" Even though he's nine, ten inches taller than me, out at the three point line, I'm just gonna fire. It looked like a practice shot almost, where you try and hit the rafters and put it in. Like he just he fired it straight up, it went in, and then he was feeling it. This was this was Kemba Walker's game. We all were looking for Kemba Walker to go, and he was he played great uh, offensively. And then I mean, like, he played just, great, but unfortunately, Drogic still played better. Oh yeah, for he, Celtics yeah. fans, for the Beantown boys, he's yeah. he's two yeah. and zero against them in the first two games. That we said that was going to be a huge thing to watch in this series. Kemba versus the Dragon, and right now it's FIBA Dragic. I mean, it was, uh, what was it, the 30th anniversary of uh, when he led, led Slovenia to the Eurobasket Championship? Um, so oh, who good, can forget where they were timing. at for that classic oh, moment? Oh, a classic Dragic <laughs> moment. But that's the best we ever saw Dragic play, and now he's doing it in the NBA. I mean, 29, game one, 25 here, and he, he iced the game. I mean, he yeah. was, uh, you know, J- Jimmy made huge, huge, huge plays, and I love that. Jimmy right now, he is now... 
he's the Lowry type superstar, right? Where it's like, who cares about the box score? Take it, rip it up, you know? Or what's that? It's the, the gif of Jimmy looking at, is that the yeah. gif of Jimmy? Yeah, like take, looking at the box score, yeah. rip, crumpling it. it up and throwing it. Yeah, and that's so true with a guy like Lowry, like like Butler. They're just, their impact on the game is so much bigger than any sort of numbers in the box score. And and he showed up late, but Dragic right there too. I mean, we talked about them being, uh, you know, Jimmy wants the final ball in the beer pong tray, the final cup. It's Jimmy time. <laughs> Dragic, man, a hell of a partner to help get you there. He's knocking all those other tough shots down. Hey, we're going to put it back into a diamond. Let's go. Dragic hits a couple. He's been incredible all bubble long, and I'm, you're just starting to see people talk about it and recognize it a little bit more, which I'm excited about because he's been doing this the entire time since the restart and since starting for the Heat. Yeah, the starting is the huge thing, right? He's playing with better players, and even if he's out there, even if he's giving you 29 or 25 in a game, Jimmy Butler is still the main focus, I do believe. Uh, But if you got Dragic as your second secondary creator, that's incredible, and he's been playing with incredible confidence and it's hilarious that these two are like apparently best buddies now Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler like the guy has beefed with everybody but now he's like best buds with Goran Dragic because they both you know they just want to play hard they want to be the man and it was working out for the heat last night I love it I love seeing Jimmy Butler everybody saying well what would we be saying what would we be saying if Jimmy Butler went four for 11 it was like the third quarter like let's wait and see how the game plays out because Jimmy showed up there at the end that's how it always goes don't criticize while the ball is still in the air. <laughs> I mean, those dudes, those dudes did an incredible job to get him there because even Dragic was cold at the beginning of this game. It looked like Dragic was going to have a bad game, mm-hmm. uh, but they just kept feeding Duncan Robinson over and over and over and over again, three-point shots, and then Crowder came on, and they got has there Crowder to the mi- Has Crowder missed since he joined the Miami Heat from three-point distance? <laughs> it seems like he was three for like- ten. He was three for ten, yeah, too. He was, he was clanking, too. I think, you know, it, yeah, you're right, but every time Crowder hits a three, it feels like an important three for the Heat. You know, it stops the bleeding or it's like a sort of the end of a shot clock. He had the four-point play last night. I don't know. For some reason, every Crowder three feels more than three points to me. I can't explain it. Maybe yeah. I'm crazy, Lee. Maybe it's also because well, they have a bunch of great shooters in Robinson and Hero and, and Dragic even from outside, but Crowder's this found money from distance. Well, you talk about that four-point play. That was a key, key play because that yeah. was off that jump ball that kind of probably should have been a 24-second violation against right. the Heat. But they actually went for a jump ball. They get that four-point play. Then on the other end, I think Tice misses, and they go to Bam out of bye on the other end, and they get a two-pointer, and, and Brad Steven calls a timeout. So a 10-point uh, difference should have been a Boston possession, but instead the Celtic, uh, the Heat managed to turn it into basically six points. So mm-hmm. that was a key big moment swing. in the game. Yeah, yeah a, big, a big, big swing. But, but Jay Crowder, you can see that they are saying to him, man, you're hot shoot right now because he came out firing, and he wasn't all that hot at the start. But he kept it going, and uh, he's fitting into this role pretty nicely because he's a good defender. He doesn't create really for anybody, but he's ready to catch a ball and ready to shoot those threes. And, uh, it, I mean, it is. You said found money. That's what it kind of feels like because this is a guy who's bounced around, played at a lot of teams, hasn't really found a role. But down in Miami, he seems to fit their sort of uh, work ethic down there, like just be tough defensively and then do your job on the offensive end, and, and you're going to get minutes. And uh, and he has been very, very good for Miami, and, and you saw, you know, you mentioned there Duncan Robinson hit the six threes because he was cold in game one and he got in foul trouble and he couldn't get it going. And Tyler Hero was the sort of guy who, the star for them, I guess, coming off the bench yeah. in game one. Well, Tyler Hero didn't really have a great game last night. It was Duncan Robinson. So, you know, if you're getting it from one of those guys every night, you're getting five or six threes, then uh, that's also just so important to the Heat's offense. Yeah. Uh, what? Go ahead, Tess. I said the, at the beginning there, Dragic starting in the postseason here. 
Was it a long con that Kendrick Nunn, their rookie, started all season long and then isn't in the playoffs? And yes, Kendrick Nunn, you know, wasn't with the team at first uh, in the bubble here because he contracted COVID. But it it also seems like it would be crazy for the Heat not to start the guy who can score the easiest on their team, who who is their leading offensive player. Like, what would have happened? Is this just a, a fortunate circumstance for them to to start the playoffs with Goran Dragic as their starter? Uh, what would have happened? I, I really, it's puzzling. It's just odd to think that Goran Dragic would be their sixth man. Uh, the way he's balling right now. I guess it's just one of those fortunate circumstances like in 2012 when they figured out, oh, we got to start Chris Bosh at the five. He got injured in the playoffs against the Indiana Pacers then came back and they said, oh, yeah, this is this is way better. Uh, let's not put him at the four spot. Let's put him at the five spot. And this is sort of a similar circumstance because Dragic hit those money shots. I mean, it really just came down to a couple shots at the end again. And uh, Tatum... Kind of passed up. He passed up the, the shot to, to Brown because Brown was hot. He passed it up to Kemba because Kemba was hot, and uh, Kemba almost got him there. And Brown almost got them there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we're gonna, if, it sure feels like if we're just gonna watch a possession by possession game here in fourth quarters. I don't know how you bet against the Heat. How you bet against <laughs> Can't Jimmy? Can't bet against Jimmy, Jimmy right now. Yeah. yeah no. There's well, no Dragic, I mean, Dragic, that long three that kind of sealed it. That that was the lucky shot, whereas yeah. Brown Brown missed an open shot and Kemba missed an open shot as well. So it's just, you know, it's a make or miss league as we hear all the time. But uh, one thing about Dragic's offense, which is very, very impressive, is how varied it is. He drives inside if he say, if he has the mismatch with Daniel Tice, like he's like, all right, I'm going in here for the layup. He's got that little mid-ranger that's kind of like he stops on a dime and he can just pull up. And he is knocking down those threes, even if he didn't get off to a hot start last night. So, you know, there's not a lot of guys who have that many different options in their in their game and they go to them just depending on what the defense is giving them. And, and that's something pretty smart about him. Um, and, and again, talking about him coming back into the starting lineup, like he wasn't happy about going to the bench at the start of the season, but staying professional and uh, staying ready. And now when they need him to start, he's answering the call as well. So, uh, you know, just a, a really admirable player for that team. And um, again, I think that's what you think from the Miami Heat is, is team first, no matter what the situation. And, uh, and he's just sort of showing that now. Mm-hmm. And, and we talk. Sorry, go ahead. So you said, Trey, Trey, you said that they're buds, Jimmy and Goron. Apparently, Jimmy says Zoran when he hits threes in practice, who's Goron's brother, is named Zoran Dragic, play, had a cup of coffee with the Miami Heat in the NBA. Right. Do you really think Jimmy Butler goes, Zoran, when he hits a three? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I mean, probably he's so once. weird. It probably, probably happened yeah. once around a reporter, yeah. like, we're running with it. Yeah, yeah. sideline reporter's like, I need that story, yeah. What does everybody make of the post-game incidents, the reports that we heard coming out of the Celtics locker room? A lot of frustration by the sound of it, possibly some chairs being thrown around. Marcus Smart says, hold on, hold on, I got to take a piss. We're going to be arguing still. You better be, just hold your thought. I'm still upset. We're going to talk about those 20 turnovers. I got to take a piss. You know, there's a bunch of yelling going on here. Anybody concerned by this? I know a lot of the other Celtics guys sort of downplay it. It's like, yeah, we're down 2-0. We feel like we should be up 2-0. And they have a case to be made. I mean, they easily could be up 2-0 in the series, at least 1-1. They're down 0-2. Just getting that frustration out, sloppy play. Um, or is there something more here? Are the Celtics, are the Beantown boys unraveling, Trey? What do you think? <laughs> uh, they should be mad. They should be upset yeah, about yeah, things. Uh, my my sources say it wasn't chairs being thrown. It was just uh, cans of baked beans. They're like, <laughs> what? Well, Why do we got all these beans for? They're doing nothing for us around here. Uh, but yeah, they should be mad. They played terrible in two second halves. They've blown two leads. They've lost two games by a combined eight points. It could easily be 
Celtics 2-0, and we're talking about Jimmy Butler not coming through in the clutch. Yeah, right, like we would ever talk about. <laughs> uh, just kidding. But, um, you know, Marcus Smart does this, right? He is their emotional leader. He has been known to yell at them in the past. Unfortunately for the Celtics, they have been known uh, to, to choke a little bit in the playoffs, necessitating a Marcus Smart yelling at. It has happened before. Hopefully they straighten things out. You know, yelling in the locker room doesn't matter as much if you don't have the effort out there in the court. And they didn't have it in the third quarter. Maybe that's why they were getting yelled at. I love Mm. this idea now that in the locker room, because he's not playing yet, he might be back for game three, maybe game four, Gordon Hayward. He's like building like a, like he works in a supermarket store and he's got all these cans of beans and he's building like a really cool display, but then the Celtics (laughs) lose and they come in there and Marcus starts chucking all these big bean cans around. (laughs) Poor Gordon's like, I took hours to make that. That's a fun visual. Uh, So yeah, okay, Trey, Tassa, sorry, you agree with what Trey's saying? You know, like keep that passion going for game three. If anything, this is... This is sort of a good thing. You're not you're not worried about these reports of them being upset with each other, nah, or are you? Roll, or are you? No, nah, no. Nah, roll that beautiful bean footage. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> is that a Chicago commercial, Trey? Is that what that is? Uh, I don't know. Bush's baked beans feels like a national product to me. The love of beans stretches from coast to coast. Yeah, roll that beautiful bean footage. So that's a commercial for that for that bean company. <laughs> oh is yeah, that right? exactly right. Okay, uh, the just, Bush just family. Confirming. They don't want. They don't want to give away their family baked beans recipe, but their dog can talk, and you know, he just says, roll that beautiful bean footage. Oh, they got us again. Now our secret's out. We put pork in the beans. Who would have guessed? Yeah, people do that. Um, <laughs> let me let me say this. Uh, it's just a bad sign for the Celtics that the NBA pushed back game four by three days because after the game, it was, it was a decision after the game, they said, all right, Saturday is game three. Yep. That makes sense every second day. But we're going to push back game four till Wednesday. Wednesday. Take, take yep. three days off because uh, just think, if, if the Lakers series goes short, they want these series to be close. Now, yep. I, I don't think that they would have decided to push back the series if it was 1-1 because the series mm. could yeah. have gone just as long. Yeah. So that's just... Just a bad sign, and I'll also add this because you brought up Gordon Hayward. Why do you say? Hold on. Why do you say that's a bad sign for the Celtics? Uh, just out of curiosity. Well, it's a bad sign because oh, because they're they down wouldn't 2-0. have. Ex- they're down too. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> just I would say it's actually bad for the Heat though. The way that team is playing right now, the last thing I would want to do is take off time. Mm. I mean, wow. they're just locked in right now. Uh, well, they're not taking off that. time between game two and game three. If no, they're no. Up, if they're up three zero, if they're up three zero, then. Pff. Who cares? I mean, they're happy either way. But if they're up two one, if they lost the game, then they got to take some. They want some extra time off. Mm, but then uh, it's more time for Gordon Hayward to get rested up. Ah, back, huh? ah but uh, that—that's my next point. If oh. Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward comes back. Baby is due. His wife is due. Robin's due at the end of this month. You're just pushing it back. You're just bumping up that timeline against the baby popping out. He's going to come back, have a good game four, game five. Oh, got to go. Baby's on the way. Uh, that, would, that would hurt. That would really hurt the Don't the touch Celtics. my bean display in the locker room, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking uh, a picture of my display before I leave. It better be the same when I get back. Okay. I, 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 yeah. uh, I saw some people on Twitter pointing out, you know, playing um, the, the body doctor uh body language doctor I guess is what I'm trying to say body doctor that's Lee's uh, forte when he's talking about shoulders and arms somebody oh, Aunt tweeted ba- Aunt Bam's beautiful too oh okay <laughs> somebody wanted you to comment on Drogic's beautiful shoulders and arms uh, someone oh. tweeted at me about that can you ask Lee about or not anyway um, th- there was some um, some Celtics pointing some Celtics what's going on some Celtics 
hold on, you're taking that shot. Um, you know, in some of these guys, maybe a Jalen, if Tatum's forcing something or something like that. Um, and you just wonder if that frustration maybe spilled over into the locker room, Lee, after the game was my point there. Yeah, look, they've been in the bubble there for nearly, what, three months, I guess it is now. <laughs> yeah. um, and they uh, they are frustrated because they're like, how, how are we down 2-0 in this series? You know, like how, that, that's, you know, that's the sort of situation where they're like, we've been playing well enough to win. We haven't. They're just getting a little bit frustrated, I think, with each other. But uh, again, I'm not overly concerned about the Celtics. I don't think they've been really? playing terribly. I think uh, this series has been very close. It's come down to a few possessions, and they've just been on the wrong end of them. Um, and there's no, you know, again, like I said, in the bubble here, they're not traveling. They're not now going to Miami to have to win two games. They're just like, all right, let's just uh, tighten up things. We kind of know to what to expect now from Miami's defense. We just have to be better. So, uh, but it's 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 natural in you know in the conference finals. You're playing well and you're losing to be a little bit uh, frustrated with each other. This thing, the thing I want to know is, though, is Marcus Smart apparently was saying, you're all on that some bullshit. I want to know what he's talking about. I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't get what that means, you know, because uh, who's he Who's he saying that to? Who's he taking it out on? Because I'm not, not sure. No, like, no one on that Celtics team has just tanked for their team, you know. No one's no. been like, well, it's his fault. You know, Kemba has struggled at times, but he's been great. Jalen's been great for the most part. Jay, uh, Jason Tatum has been incredible. So who's, who's Marcus Mark pointing the finger at there? Uh, my, my guess is, we are. why were we so damn sloppy? We gave them 20 turns. They had like three uh, inbounds leads that they threw the ball mm-hmm. away. And, yeah. and credit to the Heat defense. Jimmy getting, you yeah. know, there, there was some awesome plays. But yeah. that shouldn't be happening in a conference finals game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in a game you really got to get here, sort of. You're throwing it in on inbounds plays? That's pretty embarrassing. Pretty bad. Uh, my, my gut says is like... We're better than this. This is some bullshit. Let's go. Let's play with a little more heart and play a little smarter. Uh, you know, pun intended there from Marcus. But that's my guess. Yeah. Or maybe he's, I, mean, I don't know, maybe he hates He was beans. catching a lot of flack, uh, I think, for being the guy who came out with the, with the quote, right? Like, he was known as the quote, and he had gone one for six with four turnovers in the second half. It's kind of like, Marcus Smart, are you the one who's on your bullshit a little yeah. bit here? Ooh, ooh, oh, there, see, it's a dissension. <laughs> We're helping build the dissension. Uh, this is, I love a series like this, though. I love what a team is actually up to, and you can easily, and you're not even lying when you say, that same team could be down 0 too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty pretty exciting. I mean, it makes Game Three, huh, hell, I'll say it, pretty pivotal for the oh, Celtics. If you ask me, that's pivotal, man. That's absolutely pivotal. They got to get this on Saturday, like Tass said, before the big great big break between Game Four. All right. Well, is there anything else to add to this? It was another really enjoyable. You know, these huge swings and runs going on in these games, and then right down to the wire and big play after big play. Anything else to add? The Heat are awesome right now. They're ten and one so far, and their one loss is in an overtime game. Yeah. They lost by three. And Jimmy Butler says we haven't played a full forty-eight minutes yet, and I kind of think he's right. Um, the Heat can get better too, and that's—I uh, would say that that's something a little nerve-wracking uh, for Boston. One one thing I would be a little concerned about for Boston, as I sort of referred to it earlier, there, if Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero both get it going from downtown. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're hard to stop because Duncan Robinson's start to the game last night, I think he hit their first three three-pointers, and then he hit that one kind of in the corner as well where it just kind of the ball came and he almost like volleyballed it into that the That was incredible. <laughs> that know, is, that's Clay Thompson yeah, right there. Yeah. He didn't dip the ball back down. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so far in this series alone, we haven't seen them both get really hot. But, uh, you know, if Duncan Robinson's out there, then Tyler Hero comes out and he just starts hitting threes. Uh, then the Celtics could be in a little bit of trouble there because it's just, it just spreads the floor out so much. 
And then you've got Bam inside and you've got Jimmy or, or whoever, you know, Dragic can go and drive. So that's one thing I think that the uh, Celtics have perhaps just been a little bit uh, lucky with so far. But uh, Tyler Hero, again, didn't have a great game last night, but uh, I'm going to talk about his poise. He's so poised out oh, there. For, man. A, mm. for a 20-year-old kid, honestly, like he uh, he grabs rebounds, he goes in there yeah. and really can get those rebounds. You can see he's, he's a tiny little guy, but he goes in there, gets those rebounds, and then when he has the ball... Very rarely, apart from that one time where Jimmy Butler kind of fumbled it and lost it out of bounds, so it was kind of on Jimmy anyway there, he very rarely makes a bad decision with the ball, which is uh, incredible for a 20-year-old to have that poise on yes, the court. Yes, the poise. He dropped mm, the Chris poise. Paul yo-yo dribble. Oh, that's right. Game yeah. two of the Eastern Conference Finals as a 20-year-old and then threw a beautiful pass to Bam, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm so jealous of that 20-year-old kid out there doing that on the big stage. I mean, uh, <laughs> Just because he's 20 years old? Yeah. yeah. You no, 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 because, again. like, yeah. when I was 20, I was playing in men's league, but I was like, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I wasn't that good. And uh, <laughs> Really? <laughs> you were <laughs> in the NBA when you were 20? Really? I'm just, I'm just like, I mean, uh, the, like, how's this guy so good so soon you know it's uh it's it's scary and as bill simmons points out time after time after time celtics could have had him right yeah celtics well, could be used to use a tyler hero right now for yeah the series. there's a lot of there's a lot of people uh, revisiting the draft as well because bam sure. was 14 i think hero was 13 uh in, in the draft but of course you know the draft i mean who knows with the draft <laughs> you, you should have thrown your name in that draft when yeah. you were 20 lee you never know yeah. you could have got drafted you never I know. can just imagine Lee standing at the draft with his arms hanging straight down outside of Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> On stage with oh, silver yeah, standing. Yeah. <laughs> you actually ha- you have to have a photo of you outside Madison Square Garden. Does, like like right? a real one. I do. I yeah. do. In fact, I'll get it for you right now. Uh, <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Anything else to add there, Tass, uh, on this one? Again, as we head into game three on Saturday? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. The third quarter, I'm still I'm still Brad Seasons <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, because that, I, I really do think the Heat aren't going to blow out uh, the Celtics. Even right. if they do get hot, I, the Celtics just have too much firepower. Um, but... Yeah, the Celtics just need to hit a couple more shots, and it sure looked that way with Kemba Walker on fire in the first. Marcus Smart still scorching. Uh, yeah, no, no, there's nothing else to add. There's nothing else to add. Maybe it's because Romeo Langford came in. Oh, played, yeah. He played 81 <laughs> seconds and then got hurt. That's the difference in this series right mm-hmm. now. A man by the name of Romeo Langford uh, of the Boston Celtics. Great name. That, Brad, Brad Stevens not afraid to play some guys. Shemi Ojale playing, Grant Williams oh. playing. I, oh, think Grant Williams, I think Grant Williams is going to play a lot. Canter, yeah. What about uh, Wanamaker hitting threes finally against someone else? Oh, man. That, <laughs> hey, yeah, I don't care as long as it's not against the Raptors, man. I could yeah. not care less. And the Heat don't really care because they still won the game. So the mm-hmm. Heat fans are pretty pumped. All right, let's take a quick break here to talk about a little football, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it sure was nice. It was sure nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron over the weekend. <laughs> Lucky for us, that was just week one. There's no better place to get in on the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup now and feel a sweat. Like never before, every run, pass, and fumbling, rumbling, tumbling means more with DraftKings. <laughs> it's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see your team could go all the <laughs> way against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. In fact, 
DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash, like the cold tundra of Green Bay Field. <laughs> Download the DraftKings app now and use the code RUN. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. So don't miss out on week two action. Enter code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code RUN only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum, 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 minimum $5 deposit required. <laughs> Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Over to you, Boomer. <laughs> I used to love this song when I was a kid. Eh? I used to no like, when you're watching the highlights, That's the NFL good. highlights, I would like throw around a football in the living room to myself to this song. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mr. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. I probably would get sued for playing that, but uh-huh. we, we got to post that uh, post that Whoops. ad tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, t- uh, tomorrow is Speak Like a Pirate Day. We got a lot of people in the, the chat saying you sounded like a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Walk the plank. Run. Actually, run across the plank. That's code run, are you? <laughs> JD, you got your uh, shirt on? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I thought you might have your shirt off again, like eating a bunch of wings you ordered <laughs> on DoorDash. The, thr- the thought did cross my mind. Uh, but, you know, as you say, I did do my, uh, my ad shirtless yesterday, and I mentioned that I only uh, frame my camera nipples up. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I have beautiful arms and shoulders, Lee, but uh, below the brownies... It's a bit of a disaster, I'm not going to lie. And uh, DoorDash is almost certainly to blame. It's, it's too easy. Yeah, that's the problem. I can order whatever I want, whenever I want. I got all my local favorites. Goose, dumplings, oh my God. Oh, yeah. General Mir, nasty Indian street food. So good, and all the dirty national brands too, like McDonald's and Popeyes. And my guiltiest of pleasures. Baskin Robbins. Uh, it's literally what I imagined the future would be like when I was a kid. You tap a button and ice cream shows up on your doorstep whenever you want. No questions asked. 24 hours a day. Well, maybe not 24 hours a day, but you know what I mean. Pretty close. And it really is that simple. You open the DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. You know who loves contactless delivery? My neighbor, Ravi. Because for some reason, when he orders DoorDash, he's got my address plugged into the, to the app. So randomly, at least once a week, doorbell rings. Bag of food just sitting on our doorstep. I check the tag. It's Ravi. I just walk it on over, ring the doorbell. Sometimes we see each other and, uh, you know, wave. I think he may think that I'm a DoorDash driver. Like, oh, my, my neighbor's driving DoorDash. Which is fine. Does, he, uh, does Ravi only order soup? <laughs> Sorry, that's a Toronto joke. Yeah, that's a, that's a deep JD, right there. I, I literally have a neighbor named Ravi as well. Oh, really? We we occasionally call him Ravi Soups as well. Yeah, we do too. Uh, we, yeah. we call him Ravi Soups here too. Yeah. yeah, you have yeah, to, right? Uh, he always, my, my Ravi always ordering food as well. Never comes oh. out of his house. Wow. Never. Yeah. These guys oh, love to eat. Yeah, yeah really? These I mean, guys love you. <laughs> that's exactly I think right. I think he might think I'm a driver as well. <laughs> I'm out there just hanging out. Pretending to mow my lawn. Yeah, you're waiting for compliments for your, on exactly. your lawn. Uh, and right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you do- when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NODUNKS. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code NODUNKS. Don't forget, that's code NODUNKS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Awesome. Okay, let's get into the 
up-down report. Prepare your tubes. It's the up-down report. All right, first one here. On Thursday, Raptors president of basketball operations, Masai Ujiri, who has one year left on his contract, said he has yet to enter discussions with team ownership about an extension. Things are a little raw, Ujiri said on a conference call with reporters. I'm going to reflect a little bit, and we will address it when it's time to address it. You guys could probably guess how some Raptors fans reacted to this news, to this headline (laughs) uh, yesterday. Some freaking out, but let's throw it at you guys. Up or down, I'll ask it like this. Up or down on the likelihood of Masai Ujiri staying in Toronto into the future here, Lee? Ah, I think it's... uh, I can't possibly see the Raptors uh, somehow letting him go, even if Masai Ujiri perhaps even uses that a little bit of leverage to say, listen, I'm in demand. That's just going to drive up his price, and I think the Raptors would be crazy to not uh, pay him whatever he wants, really. He's done an incredible job with that franchise, and, uh, you know, he, he... Look, in any job, a little bit of luck goes your way or you need a little bit of luck to go your way. And it did when he when he basically traded Kyle Lowry to the Knicks and then the Knicks pulled the deal, pulled out of that deal. And it turned around, Kyle Lowry's become now potentially a Hall of Fame player. And so that, that's almost like the sort of turning point for the Raptors, which just happened under Masai Ujiri's watch. He was apparently in the process of trying to blow the team up, but instead they got Kyle Lowry to stay and then things just turned around there. Now... You look at things like the Kawhi Leonard trade when they traded DeMar DeRozan, you know, one of the most popular players in franchise history, but obviously that worked out for the Raptors. And you just look at some of the other things that he's done as far as the development of players like Fred and Pascal uh, and, and OG Ananobi as well. All this has happened under Masai Ujiri's watch. So um, you, you can see he's obviously a smart guy, tries things out, gets players to perform. And uh, yeah, if, if the Raptors decide, hey, we don't want Masai Ujiri, he's too expensive, then he can basically walk into... So many other organizations, and I think the Raptors would be silly to let that happen. I don't think they will let that happen. I think they'll pay him basically whatever he wants, and uh, it's just a matter of coming to terms on a deal. What do you think, Tass? I have no idea what Masai Ujiri wants, but obviously the Raptors will pay anything. I think they would pay absolutely anything. What's the highest number you can think of? I'm not good with numbers, but a really high one. They would pay that to him. It's about Masai Ujiri. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not going to try and speculate what Masai Ujiri wants. I, I really don't think that... Uh, I, I personally, as from outside looking in, am I the body doctor? Am I the brain doctor? Uh, but like, <laughs> I don't know what Masai Ujiri wants. If he wants to leave, he wants to do something in the U.S. of A, then he's going to leave. Uh, but uh, he's got a great situation there. And I don't think... I don't think it would be on the Raptors anything that they wouldn't do or anything that they wouldn't pay him uh, would be the reason that he would leave. Right. So the question is then why yesterday is he saying haven't talked to ownership yet about an extension and, you know, what's the reason for that? Is that just because it's a leverage play? Like like Lee said, I think there's to some extent you'd be silly not to. Um, wait till your deal's done. You're going to be in high demand and that might just drive up what you're even going to get paid. I think the other part too is the guy's a classy ass dude. Uh, you know, we've had a chance to be around. They, they don't make him like Masai Ujiri. And I think a part of him is like, we just lost. Now I'm doing this. I do this at the end of every season where I talk to the reporters. Obviously, this one's a little different on Zoom. But I'm not ready to get into that. I'm trying to get my other guys, you know, paid and situated um, because we're all on sort of the same contract deal. I'm talking about uh, GM uh, Bobby Webster and, and Coach Nick Nurse and stuff like that. So I think a little bit of that as well. He's like, don't worry about me. I'm fine. We'll get to that. But Trey, uh, you know, do Raptors fans, some of them, have a right to be concerned at all that maybe Masai, in not talking ownership already on a contract extension, means, you know, his, he's sort of seeing the, the next step in his career and leaving? 
Forget about it. <laughs> I feel like we're doing this all the time with Masai Ujiri. Is he going to leave? Is he going to leave? Is he going to go to the Knicks? He loves having his job status speculated about. He wants to be Masigned and dined. We saw it with Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> you can eat anywhere in the city for free as long as you'll stay around. I don't know if he ever took him up on it, but obviously he didn't stay around. I see there's now Fred Van Vliet and Eat trying to get him to stick around <laughs> at at least one place. I think they should have gone further and renamed Fleet Street for Fred Van Vliet, but mm. you need to do something similar for Masai. Outside of Kyle Lowry, he's the face of the franchise. You want to keep him around. He's one of the best GMs in the league, and surely this is some sort of a leverage negotiation tactic because... Um, you know, I've been trying to think of some really high numbers just like Tass. <laughs> and I think Masai is worth every single one of them. Like, I was thinking about the number $1 million. He would be worth that. Uh, hold on. I've got one here. Uh, DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners <laughs> since 2012. Uh, but you know, one uh, franchise that didn't think he was worth all that money is the Denver Nuggets. That's basically why they let him go to Toronto. And... Uh, <laughs> Look at the I Nuggets mean, are going to go win a championship this yeah, year. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it'd be, you know, that's the thing. Like, they let him go and Masai's turned out to be great. Now he can basically... Uh, get as much money as he wants out of anyone. Yeah. I mean, there's that, you know, that rumor about Washington because he's wise from there, but yeah. uh, mm, I don't think so. You don't, you don't <laughs> think uh, it's in play. Yeah, that ultimately, I think I agree with all you guys. The Raptors are going to give him whatever he wants to stay. The question will be, does he just want to stay? Or does he look at something else as the next chapter in his career to be like, oh, let's see if I can go get the Wizards to a conference finals or a title, or I go do something else completely. Heck, that guy could be in politics for all we know. Who, yeah, whatever I, he wants to do, he can do. Exactly. I think if there's something in Washington or New York, it's probably something off the court that he's interested in. He has part of his uh, agreement with the Toronto Raptors that they contribute uh, to the Giants of Africa Fund to... Uh, off-court things that he is passionate about right and and so if it's in a large city like you know washington dc where obviously politics are being run in the u.s or new york city maybe there's something there for for something sort of off the floor but the raps have given it all to him and uh he's given it all back and yeah it's, it has nothing to do with the raptors I, I don't think it's it's something besides basketball i think oh we got some breaking news here Woj says Giannis. It's official. Has won his second consecutive MVP. Mm. Uh, so there he goes. It, it is now official. This is no surprise by any means. The only surprise is that he's not still playing here. We mm. thought that might happen. Might be given the award, of course, during a during an off day between games of, let's say, uh, last round or even in the conference finals or, heck, maybe even to the finals because everybody had the Bucks going so far. But congratulations to him. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Not a lot of back-to-back -back winners um, in NBA history. I don't know how many off the top of my head. What would it be? LeBron's like? probably the last one. Oh, no, Steph Curry. Steph Curry did Steph it. Steph Curry did it, yeah. absolutely. We have had yeah. Nash do it. We've had LeBron do it, like you said. Yeah. Um, Larry Bird, of course. I guess there's, Michael what, Jordan. six or seven, mm -hmm. maybe? Yeah, something like Tim that. Tim Duncan. Did Tim Duncan do it back to Yep. M MVP? Yep. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Congrats to Giannis. Slip that into the show. All right, next one here in the up-down report, though. Trademark attorney Josh Gerben. Uh, revealed on Thursday that Jimmy Butler had filed three trademarks <laughs> for the Big Face Coffee business that has made headlines in the bubble. We've talked a little bit about it. He's charging $20 a cup, and uh, he's making some money there. The filings all were made about two weeks ago. They cost Jimmy Buckets $4,000 in fees, $4,000 plus. This stuff's not cheap, but uh, let's ask you, Trey, up or down on Jimmy Butler's coffee hustle here, his little business. I am so... So up, right. Big Face Coffee is for closers. I want a mug immediately. I don't care how much it costs me. Uh, apparently it's $20 
for any size coffee you want from Jimmy Butler's Big Face <laughs> Coffee. Yep. I don't know if they're going to keep that uh, pricing structure the same when they actually open some brick and mortar stores, but uh, I would be there on opening day. It's just hilarious that this started as a joke, right? Started as a joke. Come get your coffee from me. I like to make coffee, and now he's uh, you know investing some money to yeah. at least be the guy who owns the trademark for literally anything, general housewares, including mugs and cups, general apparel. Apparently, he's uh, working with Lululemon on some shirts that say, like, big face coffee. Yeah. Not a lot of design to it, but I would wear it. But he's also going to be coming out with coffee beans, coffee grounds, candy bars, nuts, tea bags, loose leaf tea, sandwiches, baked goods, including scones, muffins, cupcakes, bagels, cakes, cookies, bread, scones, cinnamon rolls, muffins, marshmallow, rice treats. The guy's going to be awake 24 hours a day, which is good (laughs) since he's a coffee shop owner. We know he likes working hard. We know he likes to be the man. Now he's got two full-time jobs. This is impressive. Yeah, like let's set the over-under for when we see here on a YouTube show Trey Kirby wearing a Big Face Coffee t-shirt. Uh, as soon as those things are available, I'll set it at like uh, I don't know three days. I don't know. You'll have express. How long does it take to ship? Yeah, yeah, that's the only you, question. I, I can't wait to see you in a big face coffee shirt. Yeah, you're right. It is a a simple design, but that's it right now. That's it. Hey, speaking of simple designs, so there for everybody joining us live on YouTube. We'll get this up very very shortly. But uh, yeah, what do you think, Tass? You're a coffee guy. Are you all in on on Jimmy's side hustle? For sure. And the simple design, I think, is, yeah, it's in with with the coffee world. I think he's going to go with uh, the stamp look for all of his coffee cups and, and T-shirts. You know, mm. just a quick yep. bang. Uh, big face stamp. So uh, yeah, that's hot. That's hot right now. I know Jimmy has the temperature uh, of what's going on, the trends in the fashion world. So, yeah, he, he knows. I mean, he came into the starter studio with a, a T-shirt showing off his guns that was, you know, a, bar- a barely a T, you know, very, very short top of the T because yeah. he was showing those, uh, the biceps. He knows, he knows fashion. <laughs> he knows it, you know, yeah, he's, how many, how many, uh, Products did you say there, Trey? Like five billion? <laughs> he said scones twice. I did yeah. say scones yeah. twice. Hey, it's yeah. in the list, you know? Yeah. And scones were a major plot point in the most recent season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yep. Uh, a divisive baked good, if you ask me. Up or down mm. on scones. I'm going sideways because they're 50-50 good, 50-50 horrible. Yeah. A bad yeah. scone is the worst thing you can get at a coffee I shop. I agree with that. I agree if with it's that. too dry and too salty, for yep. sure. But if you go for the traditional British scones with jam and cream... I mean, they're unbeatable. They're just unbeatable. I've uh, cooked a few of those at home myself, and um, not bad, not bad. You get that whipped cream, it's all fresh. thing is, you've got to eat them as soon as they come out of the oven, though. Yeah. You just can't really wait till later in the day when they cool down or even the next day. you just got to eat them straight away, so they're fine. But uh, What about at 2.30? If Jimmy bakes them at 2.30, can you eat them in the morning? I think that's okay at 7 a.m. If he makes them at 2.30 in the morning, can can Lee have it at 8? That's the question. With hummus? You dip it in your hummus at 8? Not with hummus. Scone and hummus. But Mm. but no raisins. Let's ban raisins from from scones. I... Sure. Oh my god. And raisins entirely. Yeah, yeah. Get them out of here. Get them out of my trail mix. Get them out of my cereal. Get them out of my scones. Do yeah. you think uh, Jimmy? Jimmy's been pretty ruthless too about his pricing. That no one gets a discount. Like yeah. no one gets. I love dis- it. I love it. What about Goran Dragic? Because they're such buddy buddies right now. You think he's given no. Goran at least like just all right? Just don't tell anyone else, but you can have this one for free or for ten bucks at least. You think? 
No, 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 absolutely not. No, and and he (laughs) should. All these products that Trey took us through, all the merchandise. I want one price for everything. (laughs) I want a t-shirt to cost the exact same thing as a scone. I want a cup of coffee to cost the exact same thing as the coffee mug. Everything. I don't know what the price is. Let's just keep it at 20 20 dollars for everything. Twenty dollars. I mean, it all eventually pays for itself, right? Like if you're paying twenty dollars for a simple cup of drip coffee. That finances the $20 for right. uh, uh, an embroidered sweatshirt. Who knows what it is? Um, it's a it's a great business model. There's a uh, there's a high overhead to opening a coffee shop. The, the equipment is expensive. That's why you gotta charge the premium price. <laughs> but does Jimmy Butler have a big face? I don't think of him as a big face guy. Normal size face to me. He's big hairy face right now. Oh, like that, that, that uncouth sort of beard mustache there is, is maybe expanding it a little bit. But otherwise, no. This is growing. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, okay. So I was going to ask you, Trey, because you were the most out of all of us in the know. I was like, what does big face yeah, mean? I thought there might be another meaning to it or something like that. I, that, you know, because I'm old, have no idea. But you, you don't know either, it sounds like. You think it might just be his face. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was just talking about the size maybe of his face, a, but maybe, maybe it's something big else. Big Face Coffee. If anybody's going to have a coffee called Big Face Coffee, it should be Kelly Olenek. Uh, that, <laughs> that guy's gigantic face. Big Chin Coffee, maybe. Yeah, Big Chin. <laughs> big, uh, anything. All right, next one. Final one, I should say. During uh, last rude, week, rude, rude Dog just chimed in and said, Big sure. Face means cash money. Oh, okay, okay. So, so there you go. Perfect. I, I figured it meant something. Uh, it doesn't yeah. mean Kelly Olenek's face. Are we sure? Does, that Does it mean cash money? We don't know. We're taking Rude Dog's word for it, but we'll we'll take it. Come here, Rude Dog, Dog. <laughs> uh, final one during last night's game too. It took all of mm, about ninety seconds for the broadcast to start talking about Chris Dudley. Yes, that Chris <laughs> Dudley. They're talking about during Game Two of the Eastern Conference Finals, Celtics Heat, the old Knicks center Chris Dudley who is definitely best known for getting dunked on by Shaquille O'Neal and just absolutely embarrassed. Jeff Van Gundy called Dudley, quote, a very good center. And there was some blowback from Mark Jackson. (laughs) Really? Very good center. Okay, you guys saw Chris Dudley play, Dr. Crash, as they call him on Basketball Reference. What? Yeah, I know. What? I know. Uh, So, let's, uh, let's start with you, Tass. Are you up or down on Chris Dudley? former Nick center, being considered a very good center. That quote from uh, JVG. What do you think? Yes. I'm what? thumbs up on that. Okay, we why? just talked about the 1990s. What is a good center in the 1990s? A big guy who can take up space and who can guard the other team's post player. That makes him very good. It doesn't matter what he does at the other end. That's what very good was defined as for a center. And I believe Kristen Guilford Dudley. Oh. Kristen Guilford Dudley. What a name. Uh, is, uh, yeah, I think he's, that's the definition of him. Big body. Yeah, he's got to get dunked on. You know why? Because he plays good positional defense. And that's why he, he stayed in the league for 16 years. That's a heck of a career for uh, for Dudley. I do wonder, did he spent a, a three years in New York with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Did he play with Mark Jackson? Because that's cold for Mark Jackson to just say, <laughs> he's not a good center, even though he played with the dude. Uh, um, I can check right now. I don't know if he played with I him. Don't- it was late. Played. It was late ninety yeah. when he was there. I don't yeah. know. If, I don't think Nine, Mark was still there. Oh, okay, Dudley was ninety-seven to two thousand. Yeah. So yeah. maybe Mark was on the Pacers by that point. Yeah, it looks yeah. like he was. It looks like he was. All right. Well, 
Kristen Guilford Dudley. Um, <laughs> according, according to Liz Burns, Guilford is his mother's maiden name. Okay, so that's his right. middle name. That's his, That's cool. That's cool. Um, I thought he was fine. All right. Well, See, well, no one will ever call him good now. But <laughs> back then. Yeah, very good at that. I yeah. mean, are you a Greg Ostertag type of guy, you know? Oh, that's the thing. Chris Dudley was the joke center of the NBA until yeah. Greg Ostertag showed up. <laughs> Chris Dudley sucks, man. This guy's terrible. <laughs> Bro, Chris Dudley in a YouTube search, and it takes 15 highlights before you get to a Chris Dudley actual highlight. Everything else is him. Brick and free throws are getting dunked on by Shaq. <laughs> it is fun, though, uh, to watch him try and shoot free throws because it's almost a guaranteed lane violation. He holds the NBA record. He missed five free throws in a single trip to the line because people kept jumping over the line. <laughs> and then he just kept missing. He just kept missing every single time. Chris Dudley, even Mark Jackson was like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> An NBA player dissing another NBA player. Yeah. You never see that unless it's Chris Dudley. Yeah, Je- Jeff Van Gundy was trying to do a bit of backpedaling there, like to <laughs> not say like, oh, he was a dud. He was trying to beef him up, oh, beef him up, uh, build him up a little bit there. I mean, look, Dudley, he hung around in the league, I'll say that. He averaged nearly 10 rebounds a game for quite a few seasons there. And he averaged over two blocks as well a couple of seasons there. So he contributed. Yeah, that's but, what Tass was saying. Yeah. He played the role of a yeah. 90s center. I guess. 16 yeah. years. Crazy. Yeah. Hold on, 16 I mean, years, crazy. by the way. Okay, I, he didn't really play 16 years. I know that's what it officially says. He had like three seasons where he barely played. Like he played like three games. Do we count those? Well, he, played, he was on a roster. He played yeah. 800 and 86 games. If you, know, if you, if you can hang around for nearly a thousand games in the NBA, you're you're at least fulfilling a role out there. Uh, yes, yes. I, I won't so, you know, res- respect to Chris Dudley for being respect. able to just survive. Respect. respect. You know. 38 million smacks is what he yeah. made throughout his career. That's wow. pretty wow. good for a 90s but, man. But, of course, you do remember him for more, just those, like, the, the, the shack dunk and the missed free throws. It's like, yeah. how, how did this guy not get better at shooting free throws? One. Getting dunked on by Shaq. I mean, there's a million guys who got dunked yeah. on by Shaq, but because he throws the ball at him afterwards, yeah. it's like he humiliated him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, what do you uh, think the most points per game Dudley had in one season? Uh, you know, during his career, if you just had to guess, Lee, five, you said he's great. Rebounder. Five and a half, you know, probably. You know, actually averaged uh, in 61 games. That's enough in the 90-91 season for the New Jersey Nets. He averaged 7.1 points per game and 8.4 rebounds per game with two and a half blocks. Yeah, that's I mean, good. I'm not sure that's very good, but it's decent. <laughs> hey, if, if you're playing fantasy basketball back there, you're getting in for those blocks. You're oh, like, you hey, sure it's not are. Bad. He's, he's going to probably... kill your free throws. You're feeling well, the sweat and drafting Chris Dudley. No, 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 no. He's like, grab him off the waiver wire. Um, yeah. okay, but okay. let me just, I don't know if you've got it there. What was his field goal percentage as well there? Uh, in that I, season? Yeah, I imagine oh. it was. Oh, not good. <laughs> oh, no. Talk. Oh, no. You thought he was a good shooter? Yeah, no, you no, no. So. Not being 6'11", sh- he shot 40.8% that year. Okay, no, no. I didn't think he was a good shooter, but I thought just because he's on the a floor, good maybe he's, yeah, he's getting yeah. dunks and things like that. It's so, actually astonishing know. how bad a shooter he, was, shooter he was for being just a giant dude, 6'11". He yeah. shot he shot 41% in his 16-year career <laughs> from the yeah. floor, That's... and not much better at the free throw line, obviously, 45. Yeah. Rare, wow. rare guy that went to Yale and played Yeah, yeah. Smart guy. Basketball. Smarter than all of us, no doubt, no doubt. All right, did you think we were going to get that much Chris Dudley talk <laughs> on today's podcast? I bet you didn't. Okay, no. let's take uh, – we got to end of the night still. We'll set up tonight. It's game one of the Western Conference Finals, but first, our final quick break. Hi, I'm Tass Mellis from No Dunks on the Athletic. As the great philosopher Brian of the Backstreet Boys once said, Everybody, yeah, hydrate your body. 
yeah, everybody, hydrate your body right. Hydration's back, all right. We all know we have to stay hydrated. I've used an app, a big water bottle, post-it notes, and proper hydration is extremely important right now. It can really help your immune system. Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. I like using Liquid IV when I hit that afternoon lull. Instead of grabbing a coffee, I grab one stick of the lemon lime, put it in my water, and I get that energy boost I need without dehydrating my body and getting dry mouth. It's win-win, because it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. Oh, my mate Lily would love it. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks with no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Okay, time for Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Well, there's no actual tweet for Tweet in the Night. Tweet of the what? Night. Yeah, we have a, a controversial situation we need to address from yesterday. We were talking about the All-NBA teams yesterday, yep. and Lee questioned Russell Westbrook's inclusion on this, so I hit back him. I said, come on, Lee. Wasn't Russell Westbrook in your top five MVP ballot during uh, the hiatus Lee signaled for the podcasters challenge? <laughs> He's instantly twir- twirling his fingers. We got to check the tapes. We got to go to see Cacus and review the footage. So we had to. We had to do it. He gets one podcasters challenge per episode. He used it. Let's take a look at uh, what actually happened. While they've got Luca there, I think they're a chance. So uh, I, I would have him number three, Davis four. James Harden, I probably wouldn't have in my top five. Um, wow. Uh, wow. Probably not, not really. I mean, like, I, I honestly think Westbrook, since the since the year turned 2020, I think Westbrook was the Rockets' best player this season from, from 2020. I mean, Harden, you know, he, he puts up those numbers that we always see, but I just don't actually think he was uh, that impactful this season, after after uh, Russell Westbrook and him kind of figured out what was going on, I think Westbrook. Well, who would you throw in the fifth spot then? Yeah, who would you throw uh, that final vote to, uh, like you know, Jokic, Kawhi, Kawhi, is there. Mm. <laughs> controversial, controversial. But the call on the podcast was that Lee had Russell Westbrook in his top five <laughs> NBA players, and after review, he did not wow. put him in the top five. He just said Russell Westbrook was the Rockets' best player. Um, I asked Steve Javi about this, and he agrees. <laughs> oh, oh, Steve Javi agreed. Wow. Yeah, he agrees Whoa. that uh, that the podcasters made the right call on this. Right, so, right. 
Well, there I'm it gonna is. Take the L on that one, Lee. You didn't yeah. have Russell Westbrook in your top five. Uh, it, it, you know what? It was smart. it was closer than I thought, though. I was really racking my brain yesterday, thinking, did I really say that? Because I'm like, you know, you say some dumb things. We've been doing a million podcasts. It's a crazy year. Maybe I said it. I'm not. Yeah, sure you I know why? I actually <laughs> thought you said it too, because it feels like something we've gone through like the first four. Yeah. Then you say Harden's not in your top five. That's a bit of a shock to everybody. You make the case for Westbrook, but then I follow it up with, okay, well, who's number five? Yeah. You could definitely see you, Lee, just going, well, just make it Russell Westbrook. Because yeah. it's like, who cares? It's the fifth place vote. And in my head, I sort of thought that's how it had gone. You're like, yeah, okay, sure, it's Westbrook at five. Mm. But obviously, you, know, you more leaned into a, a Kawhi, I guess, was ultimately. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, way to check the tape there. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> man, that's a... Exactly. Classy there, Trey. Classy. Very Go classy, back, yeah. check the tape. You know, you were, you were calling him out yesterday. Look, I was even like, I think you did, Lee. I, I honestly did. But then we talked about like most improved. You had a Westbrook super high and maybe a mm-hmm. little more confusing. We say too much. No one can keep track. <laughs> but Lee, you're all right. Way to use that challenge, man. Did you use oh. the challenge? No, actually, you used it perfectly. Late in the podcast here. <laughs> Late you know, in the cast. Uh, yep. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't uh, use it too early, so good get stuff. Get possession of the mic and your, uh, <laughs> you get one free take right here. This is yeah. exciting. Oh, yeah. Okay, get a free take. Here you go. Free take. What do you want? Uh, what do I want? What do I want? Russell Westbrook in the top yeah, okay, five. Okay, okay, okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo won't win three MVPs in a row. Okay, that's a oh, mild, mild take, but I like the take nonetheless. All right, we're almost done here. We got a game. We got a game on tonight. Finally starting up the Western Conference Finals. 9 p.m. Eastern on TNT here on a Friday night. By the way, we will be back on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern live on YouTube to discuss the game and any other news. But Tass, what's one thing you're watching for in game one here tonight between the Nuggets and the Lakers? Well, I'm going to be watching the Joker and what he does against the Lakers' big front line. This is going to be a a tough series, I think, for, for the Joker, but... What will be easy for him is if he wants to take three after three after three after three. Because I think at the beginning of the games when JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard play a lot of minutes at the five, uh, they're not going to want to guard a three-point shooter. It's just not in their blood. I do think JaVale and Dwight and Anthony Davis are going to do a a good job on Jokic overall. They are going to... feel like this is their series to go out and be big men uh, and Anthony Davis uh, is going to go at Joker as you know a couple of the top bigs in the game but Joker could let it fly uh, and and I do think because of the star power on the Lakers uh, with LeBron being you know one one a whatever you want to call him I think Joker kind of has to play outplay AD and mm-hmm. if he's going to do that he's got to let him fly he's just got to let those three pointers fly he has been more apt to do that in the bubble than he was in the regular season. Uh, so maybe he does that. I'm just going to be watching that because I think that's just going to unlock the offense if he's letting him go. Jokic over under line for points in game one tonight. It's only 22 and a half. That's, uh, you know, not that not that high, actually, like Tass is saying for the, for the Nuggets. Chances moving forward. Could be difficult, though, like Tass said, too. There's a lot of bigs they can throw on him. Maybe it'll just come down to whether that three ball has fallen again. And it has been throughout the playoffs, 44% from distance. But uh, yeah. I think I would take the over. But 23 yeah. points. I, I think he could fall into that. Uh, the sure. way he's been playing right now. But that's okay. True. He only averaged 18 and a half against them in the, uh, the yeah, four games of the regular right. season. But, you know, different times. Different, different times. times. Different times. Yeah, All right. Okay. I'm Trey? with Tass. It's got to be a huge game from Jokic because you imagine the Lakers are going to come out in their standard alignments. And once. Eventually, they're going to go to Anthony Davis playing the five, and that's going to be tough for Jokic to make plays from the perimeter. He'll be able to do it against uh, the McGee's and the Dwight's 
on the Lakers, but game one is a game, no doubt, that Denver can steal. They are in a little bit more of a rhythm. It's been a while since LA has played. We know that LeBron has now taught Anthony Davis that you maybe need to chill a little bit in the first game. So we need to see a full effort from Denver. We need to see them go out and really take this game by the horns and try and get a lead in this series. That'd be (laughs) almost unprecedented for the Denver Nuggets to be in control of things. And I think they can do it by uh, just keeping the rhythm they had and keeping um, the extra effort that they showed against the Clippers. You know, I think that was the the main key was, yeah, they made uh, adjustments defensively. They figured things out offensively, but they were really playing playoff intensity basketball for the entirety of those last three games. Uh, against the other LA team. Yes, absolutely. So, Lee, what do you think? Does Paul Millsap pick up his first career playoff win against the LeBron mm-hmm. James team tonight? Well, that's the thing. I think actually LeBron is not going to go out and just give this one to the Nuggets. I think he's like, all right, we, let's let's just go out and win this game and uh, set set the tone from the start because LeBron throughout his career has had five LeBron sweeps where he loses that first game and then wins the next four. Two in this series alone, of course. You go back to the finals against the Thunder. He did it against the Bulls. He did it. Uh, and there was another one I saw for it the other day anyway, wherever it is. So uh, I think he just knows. It's like, let's not give Denver any hope in this series. Let's try to kill them from the start and get to the finals as fresh as possible. So I'm expecting uh, the Lakers and LeBron to just come out tonight and just be like, let's uh, let's get this one, guys. Let's, uh, let's win and, and start this series off on the right foot so we don't have to come from behind. Right. Everything coming out of uh, LeBron's mouth or Lakers camp is definitely showing a lot of respect to the Nuggets. They, mm. they keep talking about how they can't take them lightly. They're the real deal. Obviously, has so much fight in them coming back from 3-1 both times and within games. Yeah, he's saying all the right things, but... We've seen LeBron chill in game ones before, so we'll find out tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on TNT. Can't wait. Hopefully it's another great game, and they just continue throughout the entire um, you know, conference finals and then into the finals. A lot of fun breaking down these close ones. Guys, we'll call it there. Email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' Podcast. No dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at no dunks inc. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the athletic. Guys, tell them that the no dunks boys sent you. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Just hit that link and you can sign up for a dollar a month for the best sports writing in the world, best podcast in the world, best damn everything. They've added all these elements to the app, the athletic app now, like real time sort of reactions from like Hall of Fame writers like David Aldrin and stuff like that. It's really, really cool. So highly recommend if you haven't done it already, go sign up right now and take advantage of that great deal. Clipper bros. Hey, just before you, just before you heard it here first, have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Lee, I think you wanted to say yeah. something. There. Well, I've just, I've just got the photo of me outside the draft here. Right? Oh. There it is. There. That's a... <laughs> We've seen this one before. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's your that's, seating consultant. That's yeah. the seating consultant. That's right. Yeah, and I've got my Macy's medium brown bag there as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing some uh, some morels there. Those, yeah, uh, yeah. Those big hiking I, boots. Yeah, that's it. I'd, I'd been on a trip to South America, I think, and I'd come back from that. I'm stopped on New York on the way home. There you go. Where nice. in the world is Lily Lily Ellis? <laughs> uh, all right, let's call it there. Tassie, you got a quote for us? Ah, oh, yeah, why not? Thanks very much for joining us, and remember, congrats to Yanis Adetokounmpo, two-time MVP, a very deserving MVP. doesn't matter what happened in the playoffs, folks. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.